With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We are the New York Knicks. We are the New York Knicks. Say go New York, go New York, go. Go New York, go New York, go. Say go New York, go New York, go. Go New York, go New York, go. We're back on track on the floor, scoring Morris 94. And the Knicks are hardcore. And I'll tell you like this, we ain't never look sharper. With Hubert you are now listening to the Knicks State of Mind podcast, presented by Elite Sports Radio. And now, your hosts, Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Knicks State of Mind podcast. As This week is a, is a big week uh, for the Knicks and really all of basketball, as the NBA draft will happen this Thursday night. This is Tuesday night. Uh, that we're recording, so we are just a couple of days away from the NBA draft, and this whole entire episode, well, you guessed it, it's all going to be kind of towards the draft. We're going to look at uh, what we think the Knicks are going to do, or what we would like to see the Knicks do, and then what we think is actually going to happen, Uh, and then in the second segment, we'll actually kind of go through the top 10, um, see how that kind of plays out, some of these big names in this draft where they end up, so we're going to try to predict that as well. And then in the third segment, go back focusing on just the Knicks and the aspect of uh, second-round targets. So that's something we haven't spent a lot of time so far this offseason going into. So we'll we'll take, take a look at some of the guys that the Knicks should or, or might be able to draft in the second round. So with that being said, we'll get started and chip right now. Uh, the Knicks with the ninth pick. What would you like to see happen? If things worked out perfectly and the guy that is on the board that you would like to see the Knicks draft, who would it be and why? Well, I'm sticking with the same guy I've wanted from the jump, and that's Mikel Bridges from Villanova. Okay. Uh, for the same reasons I've been talking about all year, it, he's a 3 and D guy that we know about. He's... You know, he's unselfish. He's uh, experienced. That's something I like. He's a junior. You know, he's uh, almost 22 years old. I know that's something that's going to turn some Knicks fans off about him. And that's part of the reason he'll probably slip. But I don't want to say sure thing because I don't want to jinx. He's as close to a sure thing as you're going to find with his skill set. You know, he can... He'll be able to contribute right away, I feel like, because he's going to be able to shoot the three right away. He's going to be able to guard other small forwards and probably shooting guards, too, right away. Um, now, his I understand the concern for Knicks fans about where they might want to go another way is that he can't do much on offense other than shoot off the catch. And that's that was true in college. Right. But, look, I I just think that, the argument, I guess, is Bridges or Young for Knicks fans. I I prefer Bridges. I think that Bridges is a a guy who I know what he's going to be at the next level, and I've 
you need, if you want to succeed as an NBA team, you need a Mikel Bridges, and he's a guy who can be really good for us and start for us. And I, I, I like the idea of having a rookie who I can feel confident about next year contributing. You know, like when we drafted Frank, we said. Uh, in two years, he's going to be good. Maybe three. <laughs> like, if right. we draft Bridges, I like the idea of being able to say, oh, next year he'll be able to slide into the starting lineup if we trade Courtney Lee. That'll be nice. Right. You know, that 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 just feels nice. Yeah. You know, for me, Chip, this year I told myself, not that I'm not going to follow the draft prof, uh, process and follow you know some of these players, because I have been, of course. But after last year, because we know it, it's a broken record at this point, I, I made one case for one guy, the Dennis Smith Jr., and it was it was heartbreaking when we didn't draft him for me. I, I just still, mm-hmm. still not over. So this year I told myself, I'm not going to get locked on just one guy. I can't do it. I'm going to just avoid just putting all my chips into one guy and try to be a little bit more open to a few of these guys. So I will say this year there are several of these prospects that, that are projected uh, kind of to be there for the Knicks and mock drafts show different things that none of them really truly like upset me if they happen. So that that is one thing that I'm going to like a little bit more about this draft. Um, that you know last year that was the guy I wanted. This year there's a few guys that I can I would be satisfied with the Knicks taken. And if it came down to it, if everything worked out perfectly for me, uh, and i kind of been talking about this the last few weeks, if Michael Porter Jr. falls to nine, I, I, I mean, I just think that would be the biggest thing for the New York Knicks. We have gone and, and talked about, Den- um, we talked about Michael Porter Jr. and, playing, what, 50 minutes in college this year because he had that back injury. And it was it's something that has made his draft stock kind of fall a little bit, you know, especially in the early going. I know right now currently he's kind of trending back up. You know, I, I saw Dallas. I think they had the fifth pick. I think I've saw some mock drafts where they, they, they would take him. So I I know this one will be more difficult to happen because even if he falls – I don't see him going past Cleveland at eight. I, I, I just don't think that's going to happen. But if this was a perfect kind of situation, he fell into the Knicks' hands, that would be huge. This guy was the number one high school player coming out of the country last year. Uh, the guy was projected to be the number one pick of this year's draft. Uh, I, I saw him play in the McDonald's All-American game, and the guy could play. That would be my perfect situation uh, that I would love to see actually happen. If Because, like I said, I don't think it will. I do think he'll be gone. I'm right there with you, Chip, on, on um, Bridges being the guy for the Knicks. Uh, but again, there, there's several players that also can go there that I wouldn't be like totally frustrated like I was last year. Um, but Michael Porter Jr. would be the guy that I would want if everything kind of worked out perfectly for the Knicks. So now we kind of shared who we think or, or what we would like to see happen for the Knicks. And now we'll kind of look at it 
as what do we think will happen in the terms of what the, what the Knicks will do. Um, you know, wh- how do you see this playing out, Chip? Do you do you see the Knicks going and getting Mikel Bridges, or do you see them possibly taking somebody else? Well, Scott Perry has maintained that they're going to the guy who Scott Perry and Steve Mills think is the best player available. And from the stuff that I'm reading from the tweets, from the articles and everything, I'm kind of surprised to even say this, but it's a guy whose stock is on the rise. And I'm actually not sure if he'll even fall to them at this point, but I'm going to say if he's there, I think the Knicks are going to pursue Kevin Knox from whose stock just like a week ago, he was in the low lottery. Some, some people had him out of the lottery and now in the ringers latest mock Knox is, uh, at seven to the bolts. Okay. ESPN's draft. They have him. Yeah. They actually have the Knicks taking him with the ninth pick. Right. So yeah. And their last draft, they had him going 15th. So I remember there was – he had his group workout, they said, with the Knicks, with Miles Bridges from Michigan State. And they implied – well, they flat out said that uh, he really impressed the Knicks. And they kind of implied that Miles – he was better than Miles Bridges because they didn't say anything about Miles Bridges. So we haven't heard any Miles – so all the Miles Bridges haters on Knicks Twitter should be happy because we haven't heard any Miles Bridges Knicks stuff. It sounds like Kevin Knox – be their guy because there's been a lot of John Calipari talking up Kevin Knox stuff. Um, I saw, I think it was Mark Berman released something about some draft guy saying that like uh, Kevin Knox aced his Knicks workout and it was like a Jason Tatum kind of workout because I remember Jason Tatum had amazing draft workouts right. last year. That's why he was uh, shot up the board. But I mean, yeah, I, I think he's their guy right now. And look, I guess it could be worse, but I, I think there's – I know he had a real – I wrote a little thing about it. I know he had a real up-and-down season at Kentucky, and fans are going to be alarmed because, you know, Kentucky was like a top-five team, and they disappointed by Kentucky Sanders. They went – I think they got bounced in the Sweet 16. And I know people are going to look at him – as like, wow, he was the star of that team. But it's, I think they could do worse than Kevin Knox. And look, I, I hate to pick on Trey Young, but I, I think, I, I think I'd rather take him than Trey Young. So, look, that yeah, the question is, what do I think they're going to do? From everything I'm reading, I, I think Kevin Knox is how I think they'll go if he's there at nine, even if. Even if Michael Porter is there at nine, I Ooh. think they'll take Kevin Knox. Really, I really do. I think he's their guy ahead of Porter. Wow. Uh, yeah, and you're right. That's another name that I brought up. And honestly, Chip, I did, I haven't really, and I still haven't really bought into it. I, I know um, I, you obviously have looked into it more than I have with Kevin Knox. I've, I've seen the headlines, kind of his name mentioned in there, but to me, it was kind of one of those things where. You know, sometimes late into the draft process or right before the draft, these kind of mock drafts kind of change and mix some guys up. So 
it's kind of funny because when I saw that, I'm thinking, no way. But then I remember what just happened in the NFL draft with, like, Baker Mayfield, that they, there was some moving him to, like, number one. And I was thinking the same thing, no way. And, yeah, he ended up going number one. Uh, yeah, that was so wild. It's kind of it's it's it, it's kind of like you know, this late into it. Maybe they know something by now. So you know, hearing what what you um, looked into that makes that that could be an option there. I feel though, it, what the Knicks are going to do is it, it, there's two guys right now that I think if they're at nine. I think the Knicks will choose between Mikel Bridges and Trey Young. And I'm right there with you. There's just something. It's it's Trey Young. We've talked about him several times throughout this draft process. And it's it's risky because you see the kind of player that he he kind of looks like, which is a Stephen Curry. And you think, gosh, if you can get a Stephen Curry, that can change around your organization. But you also kind of look at some of the things when you watch him at Oklahoma where he did kind of, you know, his numbers still were solid, but the team wasn't winning. They weren't winning. They they hit, they shouldn't have been in the NCAA tournament. And you can see that he was frustrated himself, uh, you know, talking to the media, oh, the teams are just guarding me different. And, you know, he, he was not as impactful as he was early on in the college season. Another thing that kind of scares me about him is, you know, Buddy Heald was the same way. You know, maybe not the assist numbers, but Buddy Heald was a guy that was dropping like 25 to 30 points a game in Oklahoma. And at the end of the day for him so far in his career, he's he's been solid. You know, a guy that averages 12 points, double figures. But I don't think that's what was expected from him. You know, remember he got comparisons to a Stephen Curry and he's not even close. That's just the reality of it. So Trey Young, I think, is one of those kind of picks that it, it looks good because he's well-known. Uh, you know, he's obviously been in the spotlight the last year or so. But I, I just don't know if I can fully buy into him. Like I said, if he is drafted by the Knicks, I can live with it just because he does have the Curry kind of look. The Curry kind of game, but we can probably see right off the bat what's going to happen with them, and that's 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 a very risky pick for me. So I'm still kind of leaning that if Mikel Bridges is there, that's the wing player that they're going to go get. You know, a lot of the reports saying early on at least that the Knicks are going to go for a wing player, and then it turned into all necessarily them they might actually look at a point guard. So. You know, like you just said, Chip, I, I think the front office is going to look at the best available player. And this is this draft really can go so many different ways. And I kind of like it more. Like like last year, I kind of felt, or we kind of felt like, this guy is going to do this, go here and there. We were pretty pretty close. I mean, we were not very far off on a lot of the picks. Uh, we might have missed it by like one or two on a few of them. But this year, I think there's so many different possibilities where it could happen. I just think Mikel Bridges will be the guy if, again, if it comes down to a Knox or uh, Trey Young. And if Michael Porter Jr. is there and the Knicks don't take him, that's it. I'm going off on another tangent, another rant. 
and I'm going to have to vent <laughs> for an hour. Just saying. So do, yeah, I, if they do that, Chip, I'm going to be in a very, very upset mood, and um, it's going to be a venting podcast the following week when we get to it. Uh, but other than that, I, I, I really do think that it's it, it might be down in my gut it's down to like Trey Young. It depends if these guys are available, but I just have a feeling Trey Young and Mikel Bridges are going to be the guys that the Knicks uh, choose from. Uh, and either one of those guys, I prefer Bridges, but I can live with Trey Young because of the potential. But we'll leave it right there. When we come back, we're actually going to take a look at the top 10. Uh, we're going to try to predict what we see happening uh, with these big names, a lot of. A lot of young prospects, that's really what the NBA is now. A lot of one-and-done players that come in to the league and basically are your lottery picks. So we'll look at the top ten and try to predict where we think each team's going to go. So we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, everybody. Matt Castillo here, writer at EliteSports.com and co-host of the Next State of Mind podcast. Just wanted to take this time to thank the fans and remind listeners to follow our social media pages. You can find us on Twitter at NYKSOM Podcast or on our Facebook page at the Knicks State of Mind Podcast. Come be a part of the discussion. We want to hear from you and talk about the Knicks. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Knicks State of Mind Podcast. So here in the second segment, we're going to take a look at the the top ten uh, picks in this draft and kind of predict who we think is going to get taken then. Uh, you know, I figured top 10 is a good solid number. I know last year we did the lottery. Um, that took kind of it took a, a good bit to get through the 14 teams. So we'll try the top 10. I think that's, everybody kind of has a, an interest in the top 10 players. Um, so off the bat, it is the Phoenix Suns that have the number one pick. Chip, who do you think the Phoenix Suns take? DeAndre Ayton. Okay. No question about it. No question about it. He's He worked out for the Suns and decided not to work out for any other teams after that. <laughs> and, and basically said, I think he actually came out and said, I'm not going to work out for any other teams because I know they're going to pick me. So, yeah, he's and he played for Arizona, obviously. Right. Uh, he's it's a safe pick for them, and they've had so many swings and misses with that franchise. I, I think they could use a safe pick. I think they they're going with Dayton. Did they the head coach Chip? It was didn't he coach Luca? He did on the Slovenian national team, right? Right. And, and I know right after that hire, everybody said, "Oh, this means Luca's going there." And look. Yeah, but wasn't that before they got the number one pick? Yeah, yeah, it was. They got the number it one was, pick? yeah. Yeah, it's a good point as well. Uh, but that's not who I, I agree with you. I think Aiton is the number one pick. I think that's the smartest pick. Uh, guy is a very highly you know, viewed prospect. He can do a lot of things. Maybe not be the greatest defender right now, uh, but can do a lot of things well. I, I watched him several times. This season, uh, I actually had, you know, Arizona State in the uh, or Arizona, excuse me, Arizona in the final four because of them. And, you know, that, that didn't work out quite well. They got knocked out in the first round. Um, and, you know, he had some distractions kind of come his way with the whole uh, violation thing and, you know, a whole whole nonsense that we always hear from, you know, these players. It seems like every year there's always two or three of them 
that kind of have this, that kind of situation. Um, but you know, Luca, to me, you know, when people were saying that when the Phoenix Suns get the number one pick, I don't care who you coach at some point, you got to take the best available player, especially the state that your organization's in. So I think Aiton is the, the best pick. I think he is the best player in the draft. Um, so I think that is a no-brainer at number one. At number two, the Sacramento Kings. Chip, who do you see them taking? Well, I would have, up until today, I would have said Luca for sure. But uh, there was a thing that came out today from ESPN that made me consider that, reconsider that, where uh, Jonathan Gavoni, their ESPN's draft expert, said that uh, Sacramento is not high on Luca, and they're now targeting Marvin Bagley. So I'm going to say Bagley because, and I don't think that's the smart move, but it's the Kings. Right. So whoever said they were smart, and I, I'm going to say, yeah, I think they go with Bagley. I I would take a look if I were them, but I think they go Bagley here. I think they throw a the Kings call a Kings move and go with Bagley. That's exactly where I think they go as well. Um, yeah, and Bagley to me. You know, there's tons of Duke fans here in this area that think he should be the number one pick. And back even when the the college basketball season was going, saying that, you know, there's no better player than him in college. And, you know, I I felt like Aiton is the better player. Uh, But he, I'm not going to say he doesn't deserve to be at number two. He's a very, um, he can impact a game. You know, that Duke and North Carolina game. Uh, he was brilliant in the second half for Duke, and, and a big reason why they were able to beat North Carolina in the one win they had against them in this season. Uh, you know, he has showed it in spurts. Uh, there were some games where I watched him, and I expected him to take over at certain points, and that wasn't really the case at times. But I, I do think that he is a very special player, and that uh, I think could be a good fit for the Kings again. Is they're in a situation where they just got to keep taking the best available guy so I agree that that is the direction that the Kings will go at number three the Atlanta Hawks who do you have them taken well I've seen them linked mostly to Jaron Jackson Jr. okay and if I was them that's who I'd probably take because I think he is going to be awesome um and I think he'd make a nice fit next to John Collins. Not that they shouldn't just take the best player available, probably, but I also think he's going to be an all-star talent. Um, then I also saw on the internet today they were shopping Dennis Schroeder, their point guard, which could mean they want Luka to play point guard. Who knows? But I think they're going to go with Jackson because they seem to have been linked to him from the start. So I'm going to say Jackson. Here... You know, I, I, I've seen that in every mock draft. I consistently see Jackson there. So yeah. it makes me think they know. And me personally, you know, it's not nothing against Jaron Jackson, but he would not be the guy I would take. Um, if I was the Hawks, I would look at Luka. I would even look at Mo Bamba. But it, it, I'll trust them because it seems to be pretty consistent. And that's why I agree with you. So, so far, the top three, uh, we are all the same. Uh, so at number four are the Memphis Grizzlies. Who do you have them taking? Them, I don't think 
that Luca will fall out of the top four. I think he's too talented. I think the Memphis Grizzlies say, oh, my God, we we can't let this guy slip out of our fingers. And the Grizzlies, who not anticipating that he'll be there, take it. The Memphis Grizzlies will take Luca if he's there at four. Thinking about what the Grizzlies have and, and you know, again, I, I can't disagree with you. I, I hate to be, you know, where the top four, we're both agreeing sometimes – you know, it's good to have a different opinion, but uh, I can't disagree. I'm like, you know, Luca is is not going to fall out of the top four. You're right. I I just don't think no. that's going to happen. And I'll put Luca at four as well. So we'll take a look at number five, the Dallas Mavericks. Who do you think they take? I've seen some stuff about Michael Porter Jr. Right, I've been seeing a lot of that. He has really started to climb again. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's sometimes Dallas is a lot like Boston when they get dead set on a guy. Sometimes they just don't care what everybody else thinks. They'll just take him, you know. And I, I could see Dallas pulling a move like that, even when it looks like with Mo Bamba, you know, with – Obama going to Texas, obviously the Longhorns. Right. Uh, it seems like an obvious connection there. They could just say they could just pass on him and take Porter here. Yeah, you know, Porter is a guy that has been climbing back up, uh, and and that's why I kind of shared. I don't think he will even be. I don't think the Knicks will have a shot to get him. I, I've heard he can even. I saw some mock drafts saying that Porter could go. At number two, uh, so you know he, he has flew back up on the radar. I think people are starting to realize that he's he was the top player supposedly in this draft class. Uh, so I think you know the back injury, yes, scares some people away. But then they realize, well, wait, wait a minute, this guy still has a lot of potential. Uh, and, you know, another player who didn't play a whole lot in college from an injury, and I know a back and a foot is a little bit different, but Kyrie Irving played like eight games in college, and that's kind of worked out well. You know, he's an all-star player and an NBA champion and uh, more than a proven player. So I think that's why you're seeing his kind of stock re... You know, he, he's heading towards the top five and in, in the interest of a lot of these teams. However, with that being said... This is where we'll have our first kind of disagreement here with number five in the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, I think Mo Bamba gets selected with the, the Mavericks. I think he goes to five. So at number six, Chip, is the Orlando Magic. So if you're the Magic, who do you take? I actually think Bamba's going to go six okay. to the Magic. Uh, I like the fit there. I think... Well, obviously, they're in a position to take the best player available, but this is the magic team here, the new regime there, are the people who put together that Bucks roster, which is full of, like, long, athletic defenders. So they they drafted Giannis. So this is obviously a group of guys who like long, athletic, defense, long athletic defenders, and Bamba, I think, fits that bill for them. Um, I think with Steve Clifford, they obviously want to be a defensive-minded team. He's a guy who could easily just 
hopefully slip right in and be the anchor of that defense from day one. Um, I think it's, I think it's going to be a, or I think it would be a good fit for them if, if they went that way. And I think if he's still on the board there, I think they will. Uh, so we, we kind of flip flopped here. I think, you know, I have Obama at five. Here's where I have Michael Porter Jr. I think okay. he is going to go six uh, to the Orlando Magic. And that would be a really solid pick for him. I felt like, you know, last year the Magic had a solid draft. Maybe guys didn't produce right away. But I think they're, they're starting to uh, at least pick the right guys that may have not jumped right off the bat at you. But I think in due time that they, they are going to be a pretty solid team if they continue to draft well uh, with some of these guys that they're bringing in. And I think Michael Porter Jr. would step right in and I think could have an impact right away. So I think at six is definitely where Michael Porter Jr. is going to go. At seven, the Chicago Bulls, who do you think they take? I like Wendell Carter Jr. here. Okay. I actually thought of Wendell Carter Jr. at six. But I, I think Bagley or Bagley. I think Bomba's gonna go ahead of him. I'm a big Wendell Carter Jr. fan, obviously, like everybody else. We noticed he got overshadowed at uh, Duke because of back. Right. I think it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see like what his draft status would be if he had gone and played somewhere else and he'd have been the man outside of a team uh, like Duke where he was playing with the probable top three pick, Bagley. But, uh, yeah, I think the Bulls take him. I think he's, look, he's 6'10". I think he's got like a seven foot three or four wingspan or something crazy like that. He's a guy who can play the four or he can play the five because of his uh, skills uh, athletically. I think he he can uh, shoot the ball, too. He can shoot the three a little bit. His three-point shot improved as he, uh, the season went on. Um, look, I, I think he, oh, he's a much better defender than uh, Bagley was. He did a lot of the dirty work that Bagley wasn't really willing to do. I think he's smart. He was a good passer, too. That's right. something that was underrated when he was at Duke. He was a really good passer. Um, uh, go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I, I just wanted to make that point, the, the passing point. I just wanted to point that out. I think in today's game, you have a big who can pass. I think that's really important. And I think he's, I think he's a guy who's going to be efficient. I think I saw an Al Horford comparison to him. Uh, or maybe it was Bill Simmons, like maybe Al, because Bill Simmons always talks about the Celtics. So he made he might have compared him to Al Horford, and I I think that's a good comparison. That's one I'd make Al Horford for Wendell Carter. So I think if the Bulls thought they could get Al Horford at pick seven, they'd sign up for that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That's what I was gonna say. It just yeah, I think this is where he goes. You're 100 percent right. Where he kind of got overshadowed by all the other names that were at Duke. And, you know, he was a guy kind of like, at first, you're like, you didn't hear much from him. And then you got to realize what Duke had. Like, I, early mock drafts, he was high up there. And I'm like, really? I, I You know, I watched a lot of Duke games, and I wouldn't have, you know, he wasn't even one of their main players that time. And it's because you got to keep in mind, it's Duke. They have like a million good players, you know. And you're right. He does a lot of things well. He's a physical guy, does the dirty work. And 
I, I, I felt like he was going to be a lottery pick, but I felt like he was going to be one of those towards the end of the lottery. But when you evaluate it more, and the more that I've gotten a chance to look at his game, I do like him more and more. I think seven is a good spot for him, a good fit for the Bulls. At number eight is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Chip, who do you think they take? Trey Young. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think they say Trey Young. I think LeBron loves Trey Young. And I think I think that's why they go that way. I think Trey Young is gonna be Trey Young's gonna be the most polarizing player in this draft for sure. But uh I think the fact that LeBron has spoken out in support of him is going to sway this team and probably should if they think that who they who they draft can sway LeBron to stay in Cleveland, then they should. Uh, and they absolutely should uh, draft Trey Young because look, LeBron staying in Cleveland is all that really matters, isn't it? So yeah, I think they'll go with Trey Young. Yeah, I I agree with you here again. I I, I thought I was going to be the only one here uh, that went with that, so that's why I went. Wow, you know, I, I felt like Trey Young will be the pick for Cleveland. Here's why. You mentioned for LeBron. I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters that nothing that Cleveland's going to do is really going to keep LeBron there, unless if his family wants him to stay. The reason why I think they take Trey Young is because they're going to lose a star. What might help? Well, you take the probably the most talked about player, or one of the most talked about players in this draft, and, and take him. Yeah, and... Again, you've got the hope of this guy has the Curry-type potential. And when he's shooting from 35 feet out and hitting nothing but net, that excites you. I think because Michael Porter Jr. is not going to be here, I don't think. I, you know, A few weeks ago, I said Michael Porter Jr. is going to be right here and is the guy that they take. But I, I don't. he's possibly going to top five. I have him at six, I believe. And it's it, to me, it, it makes sense to take somebody who has potential. Now, you're not just taking somebody from a name, but it also doesn't hurt that he does have a, a following already and people know who he is. And that doesn't hurt when you lose the league's best player. Uh, at number nine, we know the Knicks are picking. We went through that. So at number 10, we have. The Philadelphia 76ers. Chip, who do you think they take? I think they take Mikel Bridges okay. and break Knicks fans in half, like myself. <laughs> <laughs> I think they. I think he for sure goes to Philly, and I think that's a logical fit. He, he played Villanova. I think it's just a smart move. And the, uh, the prospect of them uh, trading Robert Covington, he's their most... Uh, um, I guess obvious trade piece if they go after a guy like Kawhi Leonard or uh, Anthony Davis or someone like that at some point. So if they do move him, Bridges slides right into that Covington role. So he makes a lot of sense for them. I would agree with you if I didn't feel like that's who the Knicks were going to get. I, I right. think the Knicks take him there. Um, because I don't see... Or in my opinion, I think the Knicks take him. Obviously, he's not available at ten, 
So that means I think this is where Knox and his climb up possibly gets him into the top 10. I think that's that's who I would say the 76ers take if Mikel Bridges is off the board. So that's kind of the way it shapes up. That's what we think is going to happen in the top 10. This is a great you know, segment really for the, the fans and the feedback. Send us your tweets at the NYKSOM podcast uh, and let us know your top 10 and um, you know, see if you agree with us or you know, share your opinion, and we, we might actually read it on air. We have done that before. You know, so you send tweets, or I say on air, but on this podcast. It's a habit of saying on air because the radio show. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but if you fans participate, that's what we love to hear. So this is a great opportunity. I know a lot of NBA fans are excited over this draft, and I can't wait to, you know, we get to it because that means Summer League is closer and it's back in Vegas this year. Going to get that summer league championship that I've been chasing for all these years it means nothing, but it's it's life of a Nick fan. So we'll wrap up this segment. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show with some second round players that the Knicks possibly should target. So we'll be back in just a moment. Hi everybody, this is Chip Murphy, co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and boss of all New York Knicks content at EliteSportsNY.com. To follow my work, you can find me on Twitter at, at Chipper Murphy. Welcome back to the Knicks State of Mind podcast. We're wrapping up the show here with second round. Some of the guys that possibly the Knicks should target. Second round's kind of open. You know, it's one of those things where you start to see a lot of like European players that you don't expect to be drafted. It, it gets a little crazy in the second round. Uh, so looking at it, Try our best to kind of pinpoint guys that we think the Knicks could get. Chip, some of these these names that you have heard and seen in the second round, who do you think the Knicks should target and possibly can get in the second round? Yeah, there's two guys, and the Knicks have worked out both of them. But I was thinking about uh, at least I was thinking about this first guy uh, before I heard about the workouts, and this guy I've been high on for a while. Uh, Hamadou Diallo okay, uh, from Kentucky. He actually uh, declared for the draft last year uh, and didn't hire an agent and returned to Kentucky and actually didn't even play a game at Kentucky before right. declaring for the draft. It was a very strange situation. But uh, he's a two-guard. Uh, he's, I think, yeah, see, he's still 19 years old, but um, he had this absurd combine. He's He's six foot six. He's got like almost a seven foot wingspan at six foot six. And he had like the skinniest body fat, like the smallest body percentage fat or whatever, like in combine history or something crazy like that. Like he's some absurd weight. Like it, it was so, uh, his combine was very impressive. If you want to go back and look at videos of him at the combine, but he, uh, he had really his numbers uh, weren't really that impressive. He averaged like uh, ten points, four rebounds, and one assist or something like that. And uh, his his jumper needs work. He's not a very good shooter. He's like thirty four percent from three. But there's you basically be picking him on potential, and 
but that's what you do in the second round. You pick a guy on potential. You pick right. a 19-year-old on potential, and he looks like a guy who could be a, if he lives up to this potential, be an awesome defender on the wing, like just dominant defender. And I just, like I said, like if they're willing to take a serious chance with a potential pick, he's a guy they can go with. And then another guy who it's the same thing, you're drafting based off potential. But I actually think even though Anthony Simmons, uh, this kid who is a story because he, didn't play in college and it's coming right out of high school. Uh, I think even though he didn't play in college, I think he's uh, more of a sure thing than Diallo. But I, he, there's a lot of question marks about him too. But I think he's got, he could be a guy, I think he can be a good defender at the pro level. But because he didn't go to college, I think he will for sure slip to the Knicks at 36. And I think there's a lot of potential with both of these guys. I think, look, they're both incredibly athletic. That's why they, that's why they're going pro so soon and at 19 years old. And look, Simmons's highlight tapes, obviously that's what he puts up on there. And his workout videos are impressive. His, uh, look, he, both these guys, they have stuff they need to work on, but that's why they're second rounders. I think they can both be good. I think Simmons's potential is as a, a score. And I think if everything works out right, Simmons would probably be the guy they should take. But um, look, I like Diallo as well. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I, I don't know. They worked out both guys. So as I look at, at some of these guys, uh, and it, to me, what I looked at is what I possibly can see happening after the next first round. I mean, it kind of depends on what they do in that first round. If they take another wing player, I would like them to take another guard, another guy that can handle the ball, and some names that kind of come up. And these are just options. These might not even be on the, the Knicks kind of radar. Uh, but just some names that I like personally. I see uh, Aaron Holiday, you know, brother Drew Holiday and Justin Holiday. Very solid player at UCLA. Had a very nice career for himself coming off of his junior year where he averaged 20 a game uh, and six assists. Uh, 48% from the field, uh, 42% from downtown. Quickness um, and you know, I always wanted Drew Holiday. You know that, Chip. I'm a big fan of Drew Holiday. So if we can't have him, if he wants to stay in New Orleans, um, we, we had his brother Justin. Why not bring in Aaron? Just saying. That That's a name that would intrigue me if... Yeah, uh, they uh, they brought him in for a workout. Yes, I did see that. And that made me feel pretty good because I would like him. That would make me happy. Um, because I, 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 I want him to be like Drew Holiday, that potential there. I don't know if he will be, but... I like it, you know. I, I, yeah, I'm, I don't know if he'll slip to the second round. That's the only thing. You see him as a whole late first round? Uh, most of the I think initially he was expected to be a second rounder, right? Now, right. 
most of the stuff you see, he's not. Like, uh, he uh, he's 17th right now in the Ringers draft, and the new ESPN draft that just came up, he's 16th to the Suns. So, yeah, yeah I mean, look, he could always slip out, but uh, I, I, I he's he's got a lot of skill, and he's really good defensive player. Like you said, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, if he slips to the second round, that would be a steal for them, obviously. Right. That would... That, I've seen some second rounds with them. Uh, I haven't looked at like, the latest ones that deep into it, so uh, you know, I could see him being a first-round talent. I think he kind of quietly has had a really nice career at UCLA, and I say quietly because you know there was Lonzo Ball there, and all that stuff, so it, he kind of maybe got hidden a little bit, but a very productive player. Um, and again, another route that we can take if we need a guard, uh, Javon Carter from West Virginia. Uh, averaged 17 points a game last year, six assists, three steals. A guy that is very good defensively. One of the most elite defenders, I think, in this draft at the point guard position. Uh, it's a tough, tough player. You know, I know he's, he spent all four years in college, so he's already 22. Uh, and I know that's young, but in the NBA standards, we talked about this last year that that's typically, you see a lot more 18, 19 year old kids get taken first. Uh, but this guy had a very nice career for himself at West Virginia and I've, I've seen him play several times this year. He is a very good on-ball defender. And I think could be a piece for the Knicks off their bench to come in and help out defensively because we all know we need as much help as we can defensively. Uh, and I know he is a second-round type guy. I saw some uh, mock drafts where Philadelphia would uh, take him actually a few picks after the Knicks pick in the second round. And again, I think you know if we if we take like a Trey Young or a Colin Sexton in that first round, then obviously we're not going to take another point guard. Another big guy that I think people kind of forgot about a little bit. I haven't heard much about him is Moritz Wagner from uh, Michigan. You know the, the national championship run. I know they fell a little short uh, in the national championship this year, but. Guy that averaged 14 points, 7 rebounds, uh, 39% from downtown. So can shoot the ball from the outside a little bit and perhaps adds a little bit more depth uh, to the next big man rotation. And Przingis is going to miss some time. Uh, so that's another name that I would kind of look at. Um, and it, I, I do think he can possibly be a late first round as well. Uh, so... That is a name that I think is interesting. And really, from this second round this year, I mean, I think there's a lot of these guys that are young and certainly could develop into pieces later. I just don't see, like, a second round. Like we, we saw guys last year, Chip, that we were like, wow, this guy can have a, a big impact right away. Um, do you see anybody in the second round that, that can do that this year. I know it's kind of hard to pick because, you know, second round picks come from nowhere sometimes. Is there a guy that you know is like a second round talent or, or a grade that you think could be a, a steal right away? Is there somebody that sticks out to you? 
a steal, right? Like contribute right away. Yeah, like a steal in the second round. Somebody that might fall in the second round. Is there somebody in the second round that you just think um, would be a great pick by any team? Really, it doesn't have to just be the Knicks, but just to see what your thoughts are if you think there's any steals in the second round. Well, the first, the first thing that would come to mind would be Jalen Brunson from Villanova. Okay. I think he's a good. I think he's a good example of that. Uh, yeah. Other um, than him, right? I, I mean, I know last year we 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 looked at it so much, and we 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 named like four or five guys that could be uh, impactful right away. And I look at this year, and I'm looking at some of the names, and there's so many of these like young kids. A lot of them, of course, are international, which. Uh, me and you, Chip. We we know some of them, but we don't know all of them. It's hard to kind of pick. Oh, them, maybe but... Malik Newman, the kid from Kansas too, that was awesome in the tournament. Okay, maybe him too. Maybe him too. I just think, looking at it, I mean, you mentioned Simmons, who who is like a five star recruit, and then decided that he he's not going to go to school and he's going to go mm-hmm. uh, into the league right away. You know that's. That's somebody I think would make sense for a second round because of you know being 19, coming straight out of high school. Um, it could be a very nice piece, though, because obviously he has a five-star talent. Doesn't mean that you will work out, but he might. I think he might need some D League time or, or G League time, excuse me, to uh, develop his game. But he could be a very nice player. Obviously, has um, the backings right now of being a highly regarded uh, college prospect. So, one way or another, this draft, hopefully the Knicks, you know, I've said it before, Chip, I think the Knicks front office is, for the first time in a while, I feel like they are doing things right. You know, it's it's so weird to even think that, because it hasn't been the case in so long. Chip, I kind of trust them going into this draft, that they're going to make the right decisions and find guys that are going to be... Uh, you know, some good fits for the Knicks. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. I think Scott Perry is as comfortable a general manager fit as I've ever seen in my time as a Knicks fan. He's he's definitely got me feeling comfortable after that David Fisdale hire. So, uh, yeah, he's doing a good job. And I think Steve Mills is – it definitely seems like Steve Mills is letting Scott Perry take charge of basketball decisions, which makes complete sense given his long track record in the league. And uh, if that continues during the NBA draft, I'm pretty confident about the selection Scott Perry is going to make. So, yeah, we'll see. Well, I'm looking forward to the draft Thursday night. I'm hoping whoever it is, uh, we we make the right decision and, and, you know, get this start on the right foot, try to rebuild uh, get closer and closer to becoming a team that actually can compete. So Thursday night's the draft, and uh, next week's show we're going to have uh, our our breakdown of the draft. We'll go into the players that we had and perspective. Um, we're, we're trying to work out some guests to join us, uh, so hopefully that will work out next week so we have some more insight uh, to go over some of what we saw from Thursday night and some of these guys and see what kind of role that they can play and things of that nature. So uh, we will be back next week for another episode of the Knicks State of Mind podcast.